Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. My friends, nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing something good for your body. Unprocessed chocolate, called cacao, is rich in theobromides and PEAs, which are neuroactive alkaloids that boost the neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins in your brain, which make you feel alive and well. In addition, cacao is rich in polyphenols, including EGCG. In fact, it's more potent than green tea in that powerful polyphenolic antioxidant. And that improves the inflammatory process. It helps induce autophagy where your body literally starts to heal and repair itself. And also that protects you from oxidative stress. Now, my favorite brand of cacao powder is Cacao Bliss, which starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, which allows them to maintain the integrity of their powerful health benefits. Then they take the cacao and they blend it with turmeric, one of the most powerful anti-inflammatory herbs. They use MCT oil, which helped uh, help turn into ketones quickly in your system. They use coconut, they use Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper, and they sweeten it with monk fruit for the perfect blend that tastes fantastic and helps balance and stabilize your blood sugar. Now these ingredients, they enhance your mood, your memory, and your mindset, and they really help you experience pure bliss when you consume them, and that's why they call it cacao bliss. So if you're a chocolate lover, a superfood enthusiast like me, or someone who wants to experience life at a higher level, I invite you to try them out. You can get cacao bliss at this website, eartheecofoods.com forward slash David Jockers. That's Earth. Echo or E C H O foods.com forward slash David Jockers and use the coupon code, just my first name, David, to get 15% off of your order. Cacao Bliss is a low carb, gluten free, GMO free, vegan, paleo, and keto friendly superfood powder that you can put in protein shakes. You can throw it in some almond milk, coconut milk. You can replace your coffee with it if you like. You can put it in different baked goods. A lot of people will use it to make different chocolate fat bombs, chocolate muffins, chocolate protein shakes. So try it out today. Again, eartheecofoods.com forward slash David Jockers and use the coupon code David to save 15% off today. 
This podcast is an audio recording of one of my most popular YouTube videos on cardiac autophagy. You know, we're all looking for ways to improve our heart health. We know heart health, literally heart disease is the number one killer in our society. And there are things we can be doing every single day to improve our heart health. One of those things is a natural process to help stimulate the healing process of our cardiac cells and our blood vessels. And that's what I talk about in this podcast. You guys are going to learn the best foods, the best lifestyle strategies to help stimulate self-healing, literally your body's ability to heal itself. And I know you're going to get so much value out of this. And so if you haven't left us a five-star review, I would be so honored if you did that. Just go to Apple iTunes, scroll to the bottom of our channel, and there you can leave a review. And when you do that, you help us reach more people and impact more lives. And if you haven't subscribed to our channel, please do that as well. That way you get notified whenever we put up a new podcast so you never miss one of these important trainings. Thanks so much for being a part of our community, and let's go into the show. Well, hey there. Today we are talking about cardiac autophagy and healing damaged heart cells. So heart disease is a huge issue. We know that heart disease kills one person every 36 seconds in the United States of America. That's 655,000 people a year in the United States dying from heart disease. And really throughout the whole world, heart disease is you know at high rates, especially in westernized countries. And so you can see here an image of you know, a clear coronary artery, like a really healthy heart, and then a coronary artery with atherosclerotic plaque, where we've got buildup of plaque. And plaque is basically scar tissue. So there's inflammation that damages the endothelial or the in inner lining of the blood vessel, and scar tissue is what comes in to replace it, just kind of like any sort of injury the scar tissue helps kind of tape it together, but that scar tissue is abnormal tissue and it's like a callus on your hand. So it can build up kind of excess tissue and that excess tissue can cause poor circulation and can even lead to a blood clot. And so very important to understand that, how that works. And so when we think about the idea of cardiac autophagy, Cardiac autophagy, we know autophagy basically is when the body is healing and regenerating itself, right? Autophagy is a self-devouring mechanism. You know, it means autophagy or, or basically self-eating where we're breaking down intracellular organelles that are damaged. And so in this scar tissue, we've got a lot of abnormal intracellular uh, organelles, abnormal mitochondria, abnormal uh, um organelles that are in there and we've got to get rid of those things. And so autophagy is a way that we get rid of these abnormal proteins that are building up and, and recycle the cellular junk. And so when we look at kind of a young endothelial lining, there's a lot of healthy collagen and elastic tissue. And our body is better at going through this autophagy or self-healing process when we're younger. Over time as we age and if we are you know, not providing the right lifestyle factors, we can get basically, you know, hypertrophy of the heart. You probably have heard of like cardiomyopathy where the heart tissue itself builds up so much scar tissue that it ends up growing and it enlarges and it's dysfunctional. It can't contract as hard. The elastic tissue is not as bendable and flexible 
in the blood vessels and therefore when blood gets pumped into them, they have more stiffness, which increases the blood pressure, which increases even more stress on those blood vessels. So we get less nitric oxide, we get more inflammation. And you know we've talked about this in our skin autophagy uh, session as well, where basically you, uh, you end up with advanced glycation end products. When your blood sugar is out of balance and you have insulin resistance, the sugar molecules themselves will bind to the endothelial lining, that inner lining of the blood vessels, and it will create massive inflammatory damage to the collagen. And now that collagen becomes damaged and more scar tissue kind of layers on top of it, and we get a lot of dysfunction. So again, autophagy is super important when it comes to overall health, and cardiac autophagy is beneficial for cardiac health. A 2012 scientific review published in Heart Failure Reviews showed that autophagy plays a beneficial role in heart health, including in the setting of cardioprotection, hypertrophy, and heart failure. So a lot of people you know, end up with this overgrowth of their heart, right? Their heart grows too large. They also get atherosclerosis where they've got um, you know, the thickening of the scar tissue within the blood vessels, which ends up creating clotting and poor circulation. And then also they'll develop arteriosclerosis where the blood vessel itself just loses its bend, its pliability, right? Its um, ability to be flexible and the elastic function of it. And so therefore the blood pressure goes way up. And these are all components of basically abnormal protein deposition in and around the heart and the blood vessels. Now, a two, another 2012 study, this was published in the Journal of Cardiovascular Pharmacology, showed that cardiac autophagy can improve the heart's tolerance to myocardial ischemia. That's where basically you lose oxygen and you have tissue damage in the heart. So it improves the heart's tolerance to basically a tolerance to stress in general. And that happens, you know, again, myocardial ischemia happens when the blood flow to your heart is reduced and, and it lowers your heart's ability to receive enough oxygen. A 2018 study in circulation research showed that as we age, cardiac autophagy decreases. So it goes down as we age, and this increases the thickening of the extracellular matrix. That's basically that, what that means is scar tissue, extracellular matrix. And that results in endothelial dysfunction. So meaning that the, in, the internal lining of the blood vessel, which should be very flexible and elastic, becomes dysfunctional, becomes hardened. And again, that means the blood pressure is going up, and that's also going to affect our ability to get good circulation deep into regions as well. While we know that cardiac autophagy is very important for the healing process, too much autophagy can also be problematic. And you can see that if you're watching this video in this image. A 2016 study out of the Journal of Molecular and Cellular Cardiology discussed the idea of autophagy homeostasis for optimal cardiovascular health. And you can see this image, right? So you know, it's a bell curve. And on one side, we're not getting enough autophagy. So we end up with proteotoxicity, this abnormal growth of protein, this impairment of protein quality control. And that's really what autophagy does. It gets rid of bad proteins that have built up, bad organelles in cells. And we end up with a condition called cardiomyopathy. Now, if we get too much autophagy, we, you know, just, we have too much breakdown of the tissue and that leads to ischemia, 
uh, and basically, you know, the heart's not able to function while it's too weak. So we need just the right amount, right? And autophagy, and it's important for regulating excessive cardiac cell growth and proteotoxicity, but it has to be balanced. Otherwise, the heart gets too weak and dysfunctional. So really key that we understand that component. You know, it's not all about autophagy. However, in our society today, due to our lifestyle and other environmental factors, we're not getting enough. Most people are just not getting enough autophagy, and that's really important. So another concept we need to look at is mitochondrial health. We know that the heart cells, the cardiac cells, have 5,000 mitochondria per cell. That's what produces the energy within those cells. And we know that mitochondrial dysfunction is very much associated with many different conditions, particularly brain and nervous system conditions like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, autism, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, migraine, headaches, but also it's associated with heart disease and cancer as well. And so we really have to take care of the mitochondria, major factors that damage our mitochondria, bad diet, chronic stress, chronic infections, environmental toxins, poor sleep, and just the aging process itself because we're under oxidative stress. Every time we produce energy within the cell, we produce metabolic waste and that metabolic waste will damage the mitochondria and we need to be able to replace those mitochondria. And that's a process called mitophagy where it's basically this autophagy process, but breaking down specifically the mitochondria. And so we need to be good at that. That's super important. And so when we have poor mitochondrial dysfunction, it's a sign that unless it's like, you know, we were born with this kind of genetic disorder, which is rare, very rare, and they usually pick that up very early in age, unless that's the case, it's typically a sign of poor mitochondrial autophagy or poor mitophagy. Nature Reviews Cardiology, they publish a series of articles on how important it is to target mitochondrial autophagy, or otherwise called mitophagy, which I'm using these terms, you know, interchangeably. When we have autophagy, this kind of cellular self-eating process, and it's specifically focused on the mitochondria, it's called mitophagy. And that's, as, and that's an important means of improving heart and blood vessel tissue function and cardiovascular health. And in this image, if you're watching the video, you can see in the cardiac muscle tissue and mitochondria, the importance of healthy mitophagy processes. So we see a damaged mitochondrion, we see something called a phagophore, which is basically an a, a isolation membrane that's produced within the cell. And that isolation membrane goes and encircles the bad mitochondria. And then now it's called the phagophore now becomes autophagosome, right? And so it's basically a faggy, you know, it means eating, right? So it's now eating up this mitochondria. Uh, and it brings in an enzyme called lysozyme, which does this, which kind of breaks it down, eats it. And then we, we take the raw materials and we reform a new, healthier mitochondria to replace that one. And that's really the key here, is having new, healthy, strong, vibrant uh, mitochondria. That gives us more stress resilience. We know chronic stress is a major risk factor for health issues and the development of stress-related chronic diseases, including heart disease. According to the book, Stress Resilience, published by Academic Press, improving mitochondrial function may be beneficial for improving stress resilience. I mean, without a doubt, improving your mitochondrial health is how you better adapt to stress. And so you can see, if you're watching the video, this image here, 
mitochondrial dysfunction and cardiac mitophagy. And we can see the mitochondria, right? And the, all the different mitochondria within the various cardiac cells and they're producing ATP, cellular energy. And they're producing at a high level. When we have heart failure, they're not able to produce ATP at a high level. So we have decreased contraction and decreased ability for the heart, the cardiac cell to relax as well. So like the blood vessels are not able to contract and pump blood as effectively. So our stroke volume or the ability to, to pump blood out of our heart goes down. And then also their ability to relax goes down, which means your systolic blood pressure will tend to go up and your diastolic, which is that relaxation phase, will go up as well. So again, these are signs when somebody has this sort of chronic high blood pressure, these are signs of poor protein remodeling, right? Protein toxicity and lack of autophagy in the heart. So here are eight ways to optimize autophagy. I'm a huge fan of the cyclical ketogenic diet. So getting into ketosis from time to time, spending some time in ketosis, but not all the time, right? Now for some individuals, you're very overweight, very insulin resistant, you might need to spend a lot more time in ketosis than somebody else who's lean and active. But uh, you know, everybody can do, can, can do well spending some time in ketosis and that really turns up autophagy and helps us get rid of these bad proteins. Now, there's some other things we can do. Drinking green tea or black coffee, both of them stimulate autophagy. Anti-inflammatory herbs that I'm gonna go through. Apple cider vinegar, believe it or not, amazing for helping stimulate autophagy. Also getting good quality exercise, high intensity interval training, resistance training, stimulate autophagy. Um, good sleep, super critical. I mean, sleep is really when we drain and detoxify our brain. But also at the same time, it's really when we heal. So it's when we heal our, our cardiac cells, our blood vessels, this is when we heal. And then you can also use heat and cold strategically. And when you eat food, you wanna eat good quality, nutrient dense food that controls your blood sugar, in particular, good quality protein is important. Hey, I just want to take a quick moment and tell you about my new book, The Fasting Transformation. I am so excited about this book. It is a functional guide to help you burn fat, heal your body, and transform your life with intermittent and extended fasting. Fasting is the most ancient form of natural medicine. And in this book, I take you on a journey to help you understand how fasting improves your blood sugar and your insulin sensitivity, how it shuts down inflammation in your body, optimizes your hormones, turns on fat burning, and helps activate stem cells and deep cellular healing. Guys, you're going to learn so much from this book. You can check it out, The Fasting Transformation, on Amazon or on our webpage, drjockers.net forward slash fasting transformation. So check that out now. You guys are going to love the book. And if you have a chance, leave a review on Amazon. Thanks so much. When we talk about nutrition, we, obviously we need to avoid the inflammatory foods, refined grains, whole grains fried foods, bad fats, your, your toxic vegetable oils, corn, uh, corn oil, soybean oil, safflower, cottonseed, peanut oil, um, canola oil. These things are really bad. We want to avoid that. Instead, we want to stick with grass-fed, pasture-raised animal products, um, getting a lot of antioxidants from things like lemons, limes, berries, uh, turmeric, you know, getting a lot of herbs into our system, basil, oregano, thyme, rosemary, sage, garlic, onions, chives. These things are amazing for um, driving up autophagy, 
protecting the endothelial lining of the blood vessels and uh, protecting our mitochondria. Also on top of that, healthy fats, things like extra virgin olive oil, olives, coconut oil, coconut butter, coconut milk, you know, getting those coconut fats in, avocados, avocado oil, really good stuff. Um, wild caught fish, you're getting your omega-3 fats, your non-starchy vegetables, that's gonna be things like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, just really good stuff that we wanna be utilizing on a regular basis. And that's where we wanna be kind of the keystone of our diet. And then, you know, we, again, we want to shift into ketosis. This is really where we do the deep healing. So ketosis, ketones, when we're using ketones as an energy source, they are, or really fatty acids in general, fat or ketones, they are very clean metabolic fuel. So it's easier. We, we actually produce a lot more cellular energy with a lot less metabolic waste than if we use glucose as an energy source. Now, ketones are produced because we can't get fatty acids across the blood-brain barrier to be used as fuel in the brain. So if we are not good at creating ketones and our blood sugar goes down, now we end up getting hypoglycemia where our we can't think straight, we get irritable, hangry, we might have nausea or a headache, feel really fatigued, have anxiety or be irritable because our brain cells are starving. They're not producing enough energy. So the body, when we are you know, fasting or going without food, the body takes, you know, it happens in the liver, takes fatty acids, converts them into this water-soluble molecule called ketones, particularly beta-hydroxybutyrate, that ketone, and that goes up and it can cross that blood-brain barrier, get into the brain where it can be used as a fuel source. And again, very clean energy, produces very little metabolic waste. You know, so just a great, great energy source. The brain loves ketones. When ketones are elevated in the brain, it shuts down inflammation in the brain. It also shuts down in inflammation in the blood vessels. So your inflammatory levels go down. Your level of oxidative stress goes down. So really, really important that we spend some time in ketosis. You don't have to be in ketosis all the time, but we do want to get into ketosis. Now we know fasting, intermittent or extended fasting, increases ketone production and utilization in the body. Fasting is also a stressor on the mitochondria, and that, that signals mitophagy, which we were talking about earlier, which increases the number of young, strong mitochondria. That, so the, we get more mitochondria, which is a process called mitochondrial biogenesis, and they're, they're healthier, more stress resilient, and so they're able to handle more stress. So fasting and also being in a state of ketosis increased mitophagy, and that's what we're going for for stress resilience better cardiac health, better energy, um, and a better life. And so there's this concept of metabolic flexibility and energy efficiency. So metabolic flexibility is being good at burning both fat, sugar, and ketones as a fuel source. And the way that we do that is through periods of fasting and periods of feasting. When sugar is available, we, are, we want our body to be good at utilizing it as energy source. We also want to be good at utilizing it in environments where we need it. Like if we're doing a high intensity exercise, strength training, you know, we need the presence of oxygen to burn fat for fuel. However, we don't need oxygen. Uh, you know, glucose can burn anaerobically without oxygen. And when we don't have enough oxygen, like when we're exercising at a high intensity, then we burn glucose for fuel. And we wanna be good at utilizing that. So that way we can go and run quick, fast, and be strong, and do the things we need to do to, to live and to thrive. However, we want that to happen for a short period of time. And then 
We want to spend most of our day burning fat, burning primarily fat and also ketones as an energy source. And that creates more efficiency with our energy. We, again, produce less metabolic waste, less oxidative stress, less mitochondrial damage, less cell damage. And uh, we get better overall function and performance. So fasting is key for that. Uh, good, you know, good nutrition, ketogenic style nutrition plans. Now you can do some carb cycling from time to time with healthy carbs like sweet potatoes uh, and squash, fruit, beets, and you know things like that. But uh, you know, in general, um, trying to stay lower carb on a regular basis, and then really prioritizing sleep. You know, to sleep well, you want to make sure your room is as dark as possible. I also like to use a sleep mask to cover my eyes to block out any tangent light, or you know, so I get the maximum melatonin secretion. That's super important. You don't want to be drinking caffeine within eight hours of sleeping. You don't want to eat within three hours of sleeping. You want to exercise during the day, but not within really about four hours of going to bed. And ideally, you, you, know, you want to get sun exposure during the day. Actually, that will help set your circadian rhythm and uh, help you sleep better at night. And you want to avoid bright light after sunset. So you want to dim your lights. You can put on blue light blocking glasses. And you do not want to have goals after 9 p.m. You want to be winding down. So you can go to bed at 10, maybe 10.30. You know, every hour of sleep before midnight is equivalent to three hours of the regenerative capacity of sleep after midnight. So it's very important that you're getting good sleep before midnight to really optimize and heal well. And, you know, to, to have a healthy cardiovascular system, it's very important that we sleep well. Now, sauna or heat therapy is another thing we can do to activate autophagy. Sauna therapy activates something called heat shock proteins. They act to break down damaged proteins and stimulate regrowth. Again, that's exactly what autophagy is. And sauna therapy activates these heat shock proteins by up to 16 times the baseline. So you get you know, really high levels of heat shock proteins, which help regulate against that proteotoxicity, this abnormal growth of proteins. So stimulates autophagy. Also, it facilitates detoxification. We know chemicals create more oxidative stress and that damages the mitochondria, damages the, the cardiac cells. So we need to get rid of these chemicals. Perspiration and using like an infrared uh, type therapy can help get them into circulation and get them out of the system you know, by perspiring them through your skin or getting them to your urine. You know, just basically the heat will help get them moving and out of the fat cells and you know, into circulation where your liver, kidneys can help to detoxify them. And you can also get them out through perspiration. Fasting is also, or I'm sorry, sauna has also been shown to help improve insulin sensitivity, help improve growth hormone, reduce inflammation and improve endurance. And so these are all factors that are involved in healthy cardiac function, right? In fact, it helps improve blood plasma volume, blood flow through the body, helps to dilate, helps increase nitric oxide, which creates more vasodilation. So sauna, very, very good for cardiovascular health. Now, another thing you can do is alternate between hot and cold with your showers. So the cold actually activates something called cold shock proteins, which also help regulate prote you know, bad proteins in your system, activate more autophagy. And you know, alternating between hot and cold has many different benefits, including improving circulation, uh, improving your immune system. And you know, again, you get more of these kind of heat and cold shock proteins to go and 
breakdown, plaque formation, scar tissue formation in your blood vessels, and help to regenerate newer, newer, healthier collagen tissue in your endothelial lining of your blood vessels so you get better circulation, better blood flow. It also helps you just adapt, you know, gives you more stress resilience and adapt to temperature change more effectively. Now, herbs, <clears throat> these are my top. Uh, green tea, oolong tea, and dark chocolate, all rich in EGCG, epigalactic tetchin. You know, so drinking green tea or having a little bit of dark chocolate on a regular basis, really good for your body. Quercetin, we find that in red onions, cranberries, and elderberries. You can also take supplements with quercetin. That's a really good idea. Curcumin, find that in turmeric. And you can also, again, take supplements with it. Resveratrol, you know, to really get the clinical doses, you need some supplements, but you can also obviously get these things in food. Carnosinic acid, we find that in oregano, sage, rosemary, thyme, basil, you know, those kind of Mediterranean types of herbs. This helps induce autophagy. Um, ginger has six shagayol, which helps induce autophagy. So, you know, lots of compounds that we can be doing. We can be drinking herbal teas during the day. We can put these things in our food, ginger tea, earl gray tea to get the citrus bergamot, you know, green tea, having a little bit of dark chocolate, utilizing red onions, having oregano, basil, sage, rosemary, you know, uh, curcumin in our food, right? So all of these things, this is going to help us adapt to oxidative stress and stimulate healthier, stronger, more stress-resilient cardiac cells and, and, and mitochondria within our cardiac cells. And then my top supplement when it comes to cardiovascular health, or particularly the autophagy component of cardiovascular health, is our resveratrol power. This has got high clinical doses of resveratrol as well as quercetin, which really act on the mitochondria to stimulate mitochondrial biogenesis and mitophagy. And they're also really good for opening up circulation and uh, just improving your overall blood flow, cardiovascular health. So this is something that I think is really good. It's also great for skin health. Um, so, you know, a lot of good supplements. We have another one called Inflam Defense, which works really great at breaking down circulating inflammatory proteins. You know, it's got uh, proteolytic enzymes in it and curcumin and ginger and things like that um, in there. And that's another great one. There are other things that can be helpful like coenzyme Q10, which can be very helpful for cardiovascular function. But uh, I really like this resveratrol power for stimulating cardiac autophagy. So hopefully again, you guys got a lot out of this training. Really appreciate you guys being on with us and we will see you guys in one of the other trainings that are involved with this. So be blessed, we'll see you soon. Well, that's all for this show. And I wanna thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you wanna dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.